We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Welcome in to the award-winning Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us on this Friday, March 10th, 2017. DJ Trainer here, joined by Shannon McEwen and Ken K. Train Kreitz. All aboard! Feel free to follow us on Twitter, at TrainerDJ, at RotoShannon, and at Ken Kreitz. This podcast is available wherever you find your podcast. If you're listening to it, you found it. So congratulations, On today's podcast, we're going to get into some of the top news over the last couple of days. Ken's going to give us his K-Train's crazy old man rant. Looking forward to that. Then we're going to look ahead to next season, and we've got a few topics. Who should be taken higher in next season's draft? I'll just tease a couple of those. Yusuf Nurkic or Joel Embiid? Uh, Bradley Beal or Clay Thompson, DeMarcus Cousins, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, James Harden. So we'll go over that. And, of course, we'll finish with our Friday FanDuel DFS picks. But to kick it off, Ken, let's go through some of the top news from the last couple days. Yes, last night, the Dirty Nurkic stuffing the box score with uh, in an overtime win against lowly Philadelphia. 28 points, 20 boards, 8 assists, 2 steals, and 6 blocks. Gentlemen, is this for real or is this just a meaningless game 
at least for Philly, uh, where uh, is it a bit of an aberration? Well, he was going up against Okafor, and it yeah. was embarrassing. I mean, it, for Okafor, it was embarrassing. Um, yeah. We're we're big fans of Nurkic. We've talked about him a lot this season. I I mean, is 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 a thirty twenty ten game or close to it? legit is it no he's not going to continue to do that he's not going to play against oak for every night um he's not the second coming of shaquille o'neal but he is really good and he's gonna be a damn fine fantasy player and player for portland moving forward those six blocks speak to the slow feet of okafor yeah, I mean, there's a lot to be said here. And we always talk about, oh, you're not always going to play Philadelphia, but you're going to play them a couple times a season. And, you know, <laughs> you're going to play some other teams that have bad defenders. So it's one thing to say we're not going to see this every game, but, I mean, if, if you're considering picking him up, I mean, he should already be picked up this year, but uh, especially next year. You know, he's going to see some of these bad matchups. Uh, Shannon, though, let, talk about some of the players that he is kind of in company with putting up stat lines like he did last be- before night. Before we dive into the th- near 30-20-10, just from a fantasy perspective, he's still owned in about 20% of Yahoo leagues. Absurd. It is That's absurd. Insane. I mean, I have to assume those are dead leagues. Over the past... Two weeks, he is averaging 51% from the floor, 75% from the line, 18 points, nine and a half rebounds, five assists, which is, that's the, that's yeah. the huge yeah, like, the surprise shot. here. Um, everyone talks about uh, Jokic and how great of a passer he is. Nurkic has shown it too. I mean, you go watch the highlights from the Thursday night game against Philadelphia. Uh, he was dropping some awesome dimes. He he was just palming the ball with one hand, kind of toying around, you know, moving around in circles, and then just dropping a ridiculous dime overhead to someone who's cutting. Usually, Harkless. Um, it was a lot of fun to watch. Um, and then on defensive end, one point two steals, two blocks. So he's just been a monster. He's been a top twenty fantasy player over the past two weeks. I don't think he's going to continue to be a top 20 guy, but is he a top 40 guy? Yes. Yes, he is. Um, but, okay, let's talk about that near 30, 20, 10. I'll let you guys, I'll let you guys stew on this for a minute, but mm-hmm. I, the, the trivia question for today's podcast is, who was the last NBA player to have a 30, 20, 10 game? Um, I, I will tell you it happened in the 2010s, so it was within you know, the last, the last six, seven years. Um, and it's a player who you wouldn't guess. He is still active in the NBA, though. Still active. Okay, that was my next so I, play. I was going to say Dwight Howard, just like maybe he, he got up to... Like 10 blocks. Yeah. But, I mean, he draws a lot of double teams, so it's possible that he kicked it out to some, you know... Sure, sure. Back in the Magic days or really anywhere. Ken, do you have a good guess? Uh, uh, the, the no, I'm... The fact that he's oh, active gosh. is actually throwing me off. Actually, how about a very young LeBron James? That's, that's a good guess. It was not LeBron, so... Before this player did it, the most recent one was in 1976 with uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Um, but then it was David Lee in 2010. Wow. Defensive uh, stalwart, David Lee. <laughs> he, had, he dropped 37 points, 20 rebounds, and 10 assists. 10 assists. Okay, yeah, it couldn't have been blocked. People forget how good he was, but you know, not that long well, and ago. And how like, bad the team around him was, too. Yeah. Like He got every shot on those terrible Knicks teams. Four, four to five years ago, when he was with the Warriors, uh, him and Steph Curry uh, were battling for the last All-Star spot, and they gave it to David Lee. There was a time not that long ago where David Lee was considered to be a better all-around player than Steph Curry. The Warriors, he, he was on the Knicks at the time, playing against the Warriors. The Warriors' starting lineup consists of Reggie Williams... Corey Maggette, 
Ronnie Turioff, C.J. Watson, and Steph Curry. So it would have been early Steph Curry there. Was that even rookie? Rookie Steph Curry. It might have been, yeah. That was terrible. So so David Lee, the last guy to drop a 30-20-10. So Nurkic didn't get there, but he was close, and he would have been only the third player in the past 40 years to drop 30-20-10. Wow. Wow. We may have to start calling you the historian. Those are just Google searches from five minutes before the podcast. No, (laughs) don't do that. Why are you going to get, why do you play your hand like that? You should just own it. You should be the historian. (laughs) I was mesmerized. I was mesmerized by the fact that he almost got there. But anyone, just go, please go watch the highlights of Nurkic from last night. I like it. I like it. All right, let's move on. Yes, watch those highlights. Uh, Westbrook on the heels of, was it his 58 or 59 point loss? Anyway, uh, in the win last night, ties Wilt Chamberlain for second most triple doubles in a season, 31. Uh, first, of course, is the only man to, I think, average a triple double. I think he's the only man. Oscar Robinson, when he had 41 triple do- doubles, 61-62 season. More importantly, though, OKC did beat the Spurs in a big game. Uh, Kawhi Leonard left with a head injury. He's fine, though, per the team. Assume it's going to be questionable for Saturday. Uh, is there anything more to say about these Westbrook triple doubles? Yes, there's plenty. Oh, here we go, historian. <laughs> what do you have to say, Shannon? There's plenty. I, I did some digging on the triple doubles and found some interesting numbers as well. So Westbrook with 31. Um, another guy who had a triple double last night was LeBron James. It was his eighth of the season and 50th of his career. So just this one season, Westbrook has 60% the amount of triple-doubles that LeBron James has in his entire career. Um, just kind of put it in perspective how amazing this season has been for for Westbrook. Not only that, but 31 triple-doubles would crack the top 10 all-time list. That would tie John Hav- Havlicek at number 10, who's sitting there with 31 triple-doubles for a career. So it's just... I mean, what, what, what Westbrook's doing is like all-time for a career, and he's doing it this season. But does it also just point out how bad the rest of the Thunder are? Yes. Yeah, that's, I mean, I got lots of hot takes on this. In fact, I I wasted Shannon's morning talking about it. But the interesting thing for this season, at least, is don't you guys think that if he ends up averaging 32 points, 10.5 rebounds, and 9.9 assists, he's automatically disqualified from the MVP race because his team's not good enough. And I, and I truly, truly think we need to see those tens across the board for voters to legitimately vote him MVP because, you know, believe it or not, averaging, averaging a triple-double, it's entirely possible that he finishes third in the MVP voting. Let me ask you this also, DJ. Um, the more triple-doubles he gets and the fact that OKC is not a destination city I feel like it's just piling on how difficult it is to get a second superstar to join the Thunder. Well, we thought, I mean, we thought it was going to be Victor Oladipo, right? But now he's just in the shadow of Russell Westbrook, and it's going to be really hard to break away from that. Um, You know, I'll I'll say this, though. The Thunder have a drastically better record when Russell goes out there and gets a triple-double. It's something, I don't know the exact numbers, but I think it's something like 21, or maybe it's now 22-5 and when he gets a triple-double. When he doesn't, it's something like 10-22. and So, you know, to say it's bad for the team is, is is not really correct, but... I mean, it's just hard to get a legitimate free agent to go to Oklahoma City, Ken. Like the city of Oklahoma yeah. City. That's that's maybe that's it doesn't. Maybe the city is just maybe the, the destination side of it is so harsh. Anyway, you can't go the stack two superstar route, and you just keep trying to you do Houston. What Houston has proved to be better, which is just get better and better fits for your one superstar. 
Yeah, yeah, and the right coach. I mean, D'Antoni and Harden are a match made in heaven, honestly. I don't think two people could ever a coach and a player could ever align better. So it'll yeah. be tough. I've, I've, I've been the one to say this. It, we're not that far away from Oklahoma City being one of the worst teams in the league for multiple, multiple years. And, and that's the sad truth. Uh, they're sitting in the sixth seed right now in the West. So, I, I mean, I'm not going to say they're one of the worst teams in the league. I actually don't think the supporting staffs, uh, supporting players are as bad as most people go out and say. You know, if our, our Oladipo, Stephen Adams, Cantor, um, you know, help me out. The other guys, you know, Doug McDermott, Todd Gibson, some of the other players on the team, really that much worse than Eric Gordon, Lou Williams, uh, Montrez Harrell. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're right. You're right. And are those guys great? And no. that's that's the big argument here is that, you know, Westbrook is averaging 10 assists, but is he truly getting the other guys incorporated? Or are, the, are they these cheap assists where he tries to, you know, make a play, but then it ends up he has to pass the ball? So, I mean, there's definitely something to be said. Is he truly facilitating the rest of his teammates and making them better players than they actually are? I think the answer is definitely no. But if you look at somebody like Harden, he almost made Eric Gordon an all-star this year. Right, right, and I mean uh, to, me, to me. Well, go ahead, go ahead, Chance. I was gonna say to me the MVP. I, I'm not. I'm not. I love Kawhi Leonard. I'm not one of those guys who's going to put him into the discussion um, with Harden and Westbrook. I think it's it's one of those two, and that's it. Um, I love Leonard. Think he's great. I think he is an M- MVP candidate, but, but he's not on that same level as those guys. So with 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 Harden and Westbrook, to me, it's about two two stats that really stick out to me. I, I don't really care about the triple doubles, but the wins. So Harden has eight more wins right now um, with a, ca- a comparable supporting staff, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so he has eight more wins. And the effectiveness that he's playing at, he his shooting percentage and free throw percentage, three-point percentage, um, is just way above and beyond what, what Westbrook's doing. Westbrook has been, yes, Harden does turn the ball over a ton, um, but Westbrook hasn't been very, his efficiency isn't very high this season, and that bugs me. Mm. Can, you know, can I simplify things on a Thunder versus Rocket comparison? Yeah. To me, the difference is just the Rockets have guys who can catch and shoot, and the Thunder don't have guys who can catch and shoot. And that's been a weakness yeah. of the Thunder for years. Yes, and, you know, like, why can't they get a shooter? Now, hopefully, uh, Dougie McBuckets takes care of that, but they need three or four of those guys. You know, get some catch and shooters. Learn the lesson from Houston. Morrow was supposed to be that guy for them. Ugh. Didn't happen. Now he's in Chicago. So a guy who can sit in the corner, um, space the floor, play good right. defense, and play like Ibaka. Yeah. Like Roberson's supposed to be the guy, but he can never. He never got a shot to work. Roberson was Ibaka. Go ahead. Roberson is the worst iteration of what I mean. Right. Andy Foy, Tabo Cephalosha. Tabo Cephalosha yeah. was probably the best one to work out, and even he wasn't that great of a spot up shooter. Um, it was just more so out of necessity. But you're right, Ken. This organization, for whatever reason, has had the worst time just finding you know just somebody to go sit in the corner and, and, and spot up because you have these great playmakers and you've never been able to surround them with legitimate shooters ever, ever, ever. Ibaka didn't right. even but, shoot but, threes when he came into the league. He had to out of necessity. Part of those crazy, part of the beauty of those crazy IT drives to the hoop, is he knows without looking, I've got a shooter here, I got a shooter there, and I can just throw a blind pass if I have to when I'm in the trees and can't get it up. And I just wonder when Westbrook goes to the hole, how confident is he feeling about any of those other options? 
he when doesn't. he gets tripled. He doesn't, and that's and that's a major reason why he goes so hard to the hole and you know doesn't even look around. And if he's going <laughs> to pass it, it's going to be to Cantor or Stephen Adams that's within two feet of him. All right, right. let's. You guys are talking about you know not being able to get it up. Can't go hard to the hole. Let's move on and talk oh about Ryan gosh. Anderson. He is questionable for tonight's matchup against Chicago. <laughs> Dwayne Wade, meanwhile, expects to return. That's right. That's right. And Ryan Anderson, one of those great catch and shoot guys. Um, so he, I don't know what he what, can what to get read it up. In. He can get it up. Dwayne Wade, famous actress, but can't shoot the three. Actually, we were debating Wade's three point shooting early this year. He had a few games where it went well. Has he? Has he turned that around, or did he return back to terrible three-point shooting? Did you just bring Gabrielle Union into this discussion, Ken? I did, but okay. I'll, I'm too old to know actresses like gotcha. that, even though she's like... She's like you're exactly. he's the same age as you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But way too popular for me to know her name. <laughs> you know, my immediate concern would be for Jimmy Butler, but he really hasn't gone out there and given you those stalwart performances that he has when Jimmy or when Dwayne yeah. Wade has been out in the past. So, you know, I would say that, you know, watch out if you're using Jimmy Butler, but not really. I think he can still perform exactly like he has over the last few games because he hasn't done anything terribly exciting. So let's go back. Let's go back and look at Dwayne Wade's three-point shooting because that he's, was he's hitting point eight. He's hitting point eight take per game. Two point five. Yeah, and yeah. shooting thirty-three eh, percent. So but, not, not very good. But I remember we had an early episode of the yeah. podcast where because I mean, there he had a couple games early on. He hit two, three, four. So it looked like hey, Maybe. Dwayne Wade's gonna be taking more threes. Maybe do, shooting them a little bit better than he has in the past. That's kind of held, but only reason why it's not held so he makes a fantasy impact in the category. It's just held to be like, oh, well, he's hitting as many as he did back in 2010. Um, he's still he's still not a good three point shooter and probably shouldn't be taking them, but he is taking them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's taking them. He's averaging a career high from beyond the arc, too, just under 33%, uh, believe it or not. But, again, he's only making 0.8 per game, so he's, he's not really a, a, a threat. He's more of a threat than maybe DeMar DeRozan is. Um, but those two guys are in, a, are in a, you know, kind of a bubble by themselves that you would think they'd take a lot of threes, but they don't. That's right. All right, let's move on to our last news point. Uh, you had mentioned the triple-double, Shannon, that LeBron got, but it was in a loss, as I'm sure you know, to your beloved Pistons – 106-101 in Detroit. Cavs have now lost three straight and five of their last seven. Nice bounce-back game for Reggie Jackson after he had that stinker versus Indy. And J.R. Smith returns for his first game since late December. And in a classic J.R. Smith game, shoots one for nine over 19 minutes. No assists, no steals, no blocks. Just comes in, shoots one for nine. Eight of those nine attempts were three-pointers. Oh, and also Kyle Korver was out with a sore thought. Gentlemen, how concerned we should we be with the Cavs? Blow them up. <laughs> <laughs> Only two games ahead of the Celtics, and suddenly everyone is in love with Le Boulay, the Washington Wizards, who are only three games back. Washington's good. Uh, I, I like Washington quite a bit. Need some nice depth moves. Brandon Jennings, extremely under the radar. That's a heck of an upgrade over Trey Burke, who wasn't getting any yes. minutes. Bogdanovich has been on fire. He's been playing for them yeah. in crunch time over Markeith Morris a little bit. Uh, those open three-pointers tend to go in a little more than the contested ones when you're actually the you know the focal point of Brooklyn's offense. So he's 
right? This is a, the exact type of role he should be in, and he's excelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as the Cavs, I'm not terribly concerned. Although, when LeBron goes out there and gets a triple-double, I think that's alarming. I, I think you should be alarmed, because he could go out there and do that every single night if he wanted to, but you can tell that he really feels like the need to put in that extra effort um, when, when his team just doesn't have it. More so than anything, I love that Kevin Love should be getting more respect uh, because, you know, he does fit on this team. He fits on this team very well, and he's just been a punching bag over the last couple of years. But in reality, Cavaliers and Cavaliers fans need Kevin Love, and they need him healthy. Yeah, especially if Drummond, when Drummond's manhandling Thompson. Thompson only four rebounds in 26 minutes. Drummond's a heck of a game, 10 of 13. Luckily, only went to the free throw line once. Missed it, of course. But 20 and 16 for Drummond. Shannon, how much did you enjoy this game? Oh, it was fantastic. It, and it makes no sense. I mean, LeBron, <laughs> LeBron played 39 minutes, had a triple-double, was over 50% from the floor. He was pl- His plus-minus was plus 18 in 39 minutes, and they still lost. I don't even know how that's mathematically Shannon possible. Shannon Fry drained five threes, and they still lost. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Um, the Pistons just went on a nice little run in, in the fourth quarter, and that's what did it for them. You saw Tobias Harris return to the starting lineup, played, played 41 minutes, um, wasn't very efficient, 5 for 18 from the floor, but 15 and 9, couple blocks. Uh, it's, it's good. It's good. Reggie Jackson finally playing well again. Even Drummond, he played 30, almost 36 minutes. There, there's been plenty of games this year where he's only out on the court for 28, 29 minutes because he has defensive lapses or you know Stan Van Gundy gets frustrated with him, whatever it may be. But last night we saw the Pistons really were working on all they're running on all cylinders that which hasn't happened very often this year. Is that a Pistons running on all cylinders? There you go. All right, I like it. <laughs> Ken, it's time for your crazy old man rant. I have not I don't know what it is, but I love the title. <laughs> Shut up, Steph Curry. When you famously blow a 3 to 1 finals lead, one would think you'd be smart enough not to talk trash at the end of the third quarter. But that's exactly what Curry did Wednesday night after draining a three in rookie Jalen Brown's mug at the, uh, Wednesday night in Oakland. But the Celtics then went on to hold the Warriors to only 12 points in the fourth and their lowest season total of 86 points. Golden State, you are not a dynasty. Durant is out. Matt Barnes is not a big addition. You're only two games ahead of the Spurs. Draymond has been chirping all season. Shut up and focus, Warriors. As Bill Parcells likes to say, the Warriors have been eating the cheese for too long. They've lost five of three. They're starting Patrick McCaw. Shut up and play. <laughs> okay. I love it. When, love it. when they win the championship ah! this year, they will have completed like a mini three-year dynasty. But you understand um, that Celtics fans, when somebody goes after one of their players, they go after it. So, like, of course, a rookie, a rookie in Jalen Brown, if he gets pointed at, Ken and every other Celtics fan is going to get on their horse and ride. Well, if, As well, we should. If, a chance of MVP, we're raining down at Oracle Center. Ken, All if, the traveling Celtic fans. If I did that to you on the basketball court, even if I was down by 20 points, I would point at you and talk smack. Like, I don't have a problem with what Curry well, did Well, then I'd all. come back and throw, like, a 360 reverse jam. <laughs> <laughs> Take it off from half court. 360 reverse baby hook. 
from eight <laughs> feet away. Sprains his yeah, ankle on the way down. Down. Yeah. The way down. grabs my lower back. <laughs> Strain something. I will say about that, uh, according to Jalen Brown, and who knows, it was unprovoked. So Curry just right. allegedly nothing. felt just the need to. On, and it, was, it was picking on a rookie. It was a wuss move. And that's <laughs> Celtics 2-0, and Oracle Center, last two games. All right. That's what old man rants are made of. Ken, I love it. Uh, that's great stuff. Patrick McCaw! <laughs> Let's move on uh, to who should be taken higher in next season's draft. Ken, I'll let you lead this one, and, and Shannon and I will debate. Uh, you posted Joseph Dirty Nurkic versus Joel the Process Embiid. I'm all Nurkic because I just don't ever see a season where Embiid plays 72-plus games. And you know what? I, I put in parentheses, assuming Embiid gets a clean bill of health, and then Ken, you quit. You quickly said, you know, that's not realistic. And you're right. We can't ever say that. We just have to take it for what it's worth. Um, I think I'm going to go with Nurkic, too, and that shouldn't surprise anybody based on the discussion that Shannon and I had, I think, was it last, last week? week yeah. Last week. Um, is it possible, though, Shannon, that me and maybe everybody else, including Ken, is overreacting to this really, really good game from Nurkic? No, not necessarily. I mean, we went over his stats over the past two weeks earlier, and he was, he's been a top 20 player. Obviously, that includes this crazy game he had last night, which inflates those numbers a little bit. But let's assume he continues to produce at a top 30 level for the rest of this season. Portland doesn't add any big-time uh, you know, right. off-season moves where they're bringing in big men to compete with them. So and he, I think they have, they have cap issues, too, where it's yeah, going to be off. Yeah, they do. They have the second-highest cap mark number yeah. in the league, I yeah, think. really high. Um, so, so he's well, Most going, likely, he's still the only decent big they have. Yeah, exactly. He, he will be playing 32 minutes per game for them next season. That's, with, that's almost foregone conclusion. Yes, yes, yes. yes. So it, it's tough. And defenses because, spread out at the three – Garden, C.J. McCollum, and Lillard because they've got great shooters, so the key is open. Right, right. And Nurkic, he's not, he's not out there spacing the floor, spreading the floor. I mean, he, he's down low getting those you know, five-foot uh, post-ups. So, so I haven't heard your answer yet. Embiid I, I or Nurkic, who are well, you going to draft higher next said, year? I said last week, Embiid, assuming he has a clean bill of health going into draft season, would probably be a third-round pick. I would pick him mm-hmm. in the third round. It's looking like Nurkic is going to be a third round pick yeah. next year, maybe you know third or fourth round pick. So I I'm actually gonna just be a wuss and say it's a complete coin flip. Oh like, come on, they're going ah. in the same round. All right, well, and they're going that, in the that, same that round. Is, if, that if debate Embiid, has ended. If Embiid is healthy, I'm going Embiid because he has more upside. Well, but but two that's, to one, very so unlikely. Tip, that's very two unlikely. Two to one, a tip of the horn. Nurkic wins this battle. Next, Reggie Jackson. Or Dennis Schroeder. Now let me go first since it's uh, Reggie Jackson. I'm going Schroeder. Schroeder, Schroeder, Schroeder. All the way. Give me Schroeder. Schroeder, Schroeder, whatever his name is. I want him over Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson has looked like a shell of his, his, his former self this season. That's because of the knee issue. He has started to look a little bit better the past couple games, but I just I don't think the Pistons like him. I don't know if he'll be on the Pistons next year. I don't know if there will be a team that has him as the de facto like man at point guard mm-hmm. going is into Ish, next is, season. Is, is, is Smith under contract for the Pistons next year? Yes. He signed, I think it was a two-year deal, um, two or three. So uh, uh, I'm, going, I'm going Schroeder. I, I think – I don't. I don't see Atlanta bringing in anyone else. I think they're going to give him at least another year's starting point guard. I, I, again, I don't even know what his contract situation is, but I'm I'm going Schroeder. 
All right, let me step in and provide some contract details here. Uh, so both Schroeder and Jackson are under contract for the next few years. So it, it's not, you know, they'll need to be traded or something along those lines. Smith, Smith, Smith actually signed three. three oh, you got deal. Yeah. Yep. So he's he's locked up. I, I think I'm going to go Schroeder too. But the reason why I compare these two players, it's because at the beginning of this year, we, we ranked him pretty high, right? Reggie Jackson came into the, to the year with an injury, but we still thought that they were going to be above average fantasy point guards, and they haven't been. And in fact, their teams really have not been impressed by what they've done this season. So it's two lagging point guards, but I think the one that is lagging the most so far is Reggie Jackson, and I'd be most afraid to own him in league. So I'm going to go if with Schroeder, Mil- but, but I'm going to be Millsaps, looking for other guys entirely. If, if Millsap moves on, from Atlanta this offseason, free agent at the end of the year. They say they're going to sign him, but we'll see. Does that help or hurt Schroeder? Helps. Definitely helps, just because more shot attempts. Uh, now I yeah. think he's definitely been deferring to Millsap and maybe even Dwight Howard. Um, so for better or worse, it, it helps his fantasy value. Maybe not his field goal percentage if he's going to be forcing up more shots. So I'll give the tip of the cap goes to Schroeder. Would you agree on that, Ken? I do. I think we're 3-0 and Schroeder. I have a side Schroeder story. I was talking to the gentleman who runs – Atlanta's social, the uh, Hawks social work, as well as some other website stuff, talking about RotoWire content for the site, made a derogatory comment about my dislike for Schroeder's haircut, and it really angered the guy. <laughs> <laughs> Bad sales move, but I stand by it. That hair is terrible. <laughs> but anyway, 3 0, we all go Schroeder over Jackson. Ken, real Next. quick, you know, you know his mom wants him. He does it for his mom because his mom did it when he was a kid, and she loves it. So he, he only allegedly yeah. he only does it for his mom. So maybe that's why the guy got so defensive. That's, that's gonna nice. be that's the new fashion trend. Everyone sports their mom's haircut. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to get one of those giant head dryer things with the aluminum foil <laughs> and stick their head in. If I'm really going, mom, mom has a sweet had a sweet beehive in the. I don't have enough hair for that. All right, next. Bradley Beal or Clay Thompson? This is, for me, the hardest. Well, maybe not, but that's a pretty tough one. Good job, DJ. Gentlemen, DJ, why don't you start? Bradley Beal or Clay Thompson? I'm going to go with Bradley Beal, and it's not because I have him in our Staff Keeper League. Uh, If you look at his career trajectory, it's it's go, it's going upward, right? So he's had injury problems and all that, but his rookie season, he averaged just under 14 points, and that has slowly but surely escalated to where now he's averaging about 23 points per game. I think he can even improve on that next season, Shannon, as this Wizard team continues to mature. You know, I'm hoping that you know they might not make a run in the playoffs, but they'll still be able to take this momentum and start out with that next season. Uh, I'm going to go with Beal because uh, I think he could be you know the leading scorer on a team, whereas Clay Thompson has to defer to three other guys. I mean, I would even throw in Draymond Green in there. I think Draymond Green needs more touches than Clay Thompson does. I knew I knew the defer argument was coming, but how much has? Don't are you looking at his stats? Are either of you looking at Thompson's stats? Yes, I have both their stats. Oh right. shoot. Okay. Well then, I, should, DJ, are you? No, right. I'm not. How much? So how much of a decrease has Thompson seen in points per game, DJ, between last year and this year? Wow. Well, because you're asking the question, I'm going to say probably slim to none, huh? Slimmed on. He was two, 22.1 points per game last year, 21.8. That's like a rounding error. Exact same amount of shots different. per game. Really? Yeah. 
Yeah. I, okay. Is is? But can I we think take the, out the some of the outliers uh, from this season. Like uh, a well, couple of. Is that a sixty-two games? Dude, sixty-two games. That's a pretty decent sample size. Well, he had that one sixty-point <laughs> game. If you take out that sixty-point game, he's averaging ow, twenty-one ow. points, and then he's know, actually maybe. playing more minutes. Yeah. More, yeah. He's got All more right. playing time. Ken, that's a yeah. good point. That, that's is. a good point. But I, I I hear you in that. I think Thompson's the known commodity. Beal is probably the higher upside because a couple of years younger. Uh, I do, though, very much worry about Beal's health. I mean, Thompson's played uh, – he got injured his rookie year, played 66 games, but then 82, 81, 77, 80, and I don't think he's missed a game this year. So, I mean, Thompson's just a rock. Yeah. Uh, I think – like just like I think Embiid will go ahead of Nurkic in a lot of drafts just because of the bigger name, uh, the same might might hold true for Beal and his big upside in one healthy season, and I'm happy to take Thompson a few picks later. Yeah, and and I agree with you, Ken. I mean, Beal, Beal, the injury concern that that was my worry as well. He's only played 70 games or more once in in the five seasons he's been in the NBA. But I I am a gambler. I like to take risks, so I would go Bradley Beal as well. I do. Their value is pretty much equal this season, so you're splitting hairs there. Um, they both do the same things well. You're going to get more assists from Beal, um, but they, they're both three-point specialists who score a lot of buckets. They're efficient. Um, I like Beal's upside more. He's three, he's three years younger than Klay Thompson. Three years, that's a long time. So the reason I'm going to stick with Beal, and, and Ken, you made a very con- convincing argument here, is just that I think Clay is locked into that production. Yes. I think next year he'll, he'll be the exact same, whereas Beal, everything is trending upward, where he's averaging 23 points, just under four assists and three rebounds. You know, knock the points up a couple more and maybe one more rebound, even one more assist if he's going to draw double teams and, and see lots of attention. So I'm expecting Beal to be even better, whereas Thompson will be the exact same rock, just to use your terminology, Ken. Yep. Beal gets the win. Beal gets the win. I would argue Beal's just entering his prime. Yes. He, he, is, he turns 24 in June, whereas Thompson will turn 27 next season, which... 27, 28, 29, that's towards the end of your prime as an NBA player. So you've got a guy just entering it, another guy who's in the latter half of his prime. I want the guy who's got more upside with Beal. All right, nod goes to Beal. Next, superstar showdown, Russell Westbrook or James Harden? This is a tough one, Uh, obviously. I think I'm going to give the nod to James Harden. Um I just don't think that somebody can sustain that level of play in Russell Westbrook for two straight seasons. Um, you know, I'll be the first guy to say that he he's built like a tank and 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 you know he stays really healthy and all that good stuff. But man, that's just hard to do for 164 games. Uh, James Harden, on the other hand, I believe he has better field goal percentage and a better free throw percentage, and he's really gotten the nod this season, and I think what he's doing is more sustainable heading into next season as well. So I'm going to give the nod to James Harden, but I'm willing to be convinced uh, towards Russell, Shannon, if you're going to go that way. I'd like to see what kind of moves both teams make in the offseason. Yeah. You know, if, if yeah. one of them adds a significant what, star player, um, that's going to cut the usage uh, of Westbrook or Harden down. That would make me kind of go away from from that player and to the other. Um, today, if if I've made a decision today, it's Harden. Harden's the number one fantasy player this season uh, in most formats, and I just I like the the extra three pointers that he has, the better yep. percentages. So I'm going to go with Harden. 
Yeah, you're looking at about 50 more. This is through this season. 50 more threes from Harden. Harden also shooting 44.3%, which is a nice notch over Westbrook's 42. I also will go Harden. Believe it or not, Yahoo in season total stats has Harden fifth and Westbrook eighth uh, for the reasons I mentioned, uh, mostly field goal percentage and the extra threes. Turnovers, too, I'm assuming, hurts them. They average about five per game, and you know yeah. so, some sides knock players more so. Yeah, it's a, it's a category. We're looking at roughly 24 more turnovers actually for Harden than for Westbrook, believe it or not. I always I always look at the season averages for the rankings um, because that just gives you a better idea yeah. on per game. Season averages is very similar, which is actually why I, uh, but I know none of those guys miss games. And Harden and Westbrook have both played 65 games. So actually the total I kind of, I kind of went with. Also, um, Harden's a slightly better free throw shooter. About uh, a tick and uh, about 1.3 percentage points better. That matters. Everybody, I mean, everybody overlooks free throw percentage. Especially everybody, at that volume, well. it matters. At that yeah. volume, for both of exactly. those guys, it matters. Definitely, definitely. Anyway, so I think Harden's the guy. Sounds like we're 3-0 and for Harden. And our last one, at the, at the C position, well, actually debatably at the C, though I think they'll both qualify next year, in Nolens, Boogie Cousins... Or the unibrow, hot or cold? Wait, fire or ice? Not hot or cold. Fire or ice? <laughs> fire and ice. Fire and ice. Well, in this case, it's or ice, baby. Oh, Who are you gotcha, going with? Gotcha. Boogie Cousins or unibrow Davis? Oh, this is so hard for me. I'll because... start. I'll start. I'm going with Boogie because okay. he's healthy. I just yeah. The the track record of little injuries for Davis and the way they just pile up every year. And now he's is it wrist? Now he's got with I think. He's um, always got these these darn contusions. Just always, always, always. He leads the league in contusions by far. Right. I, I'm just going to go with Boogie for health. I'm going to also go with Boogie, too. Now, let's keep in mind that Boogie is heading into the final year of this contract, and we're assuming that New Orleans is going to play it out with him. It's not entirely you know, out of the question that he could be traded by New Orleans. They, they might not see it working out. They could trade him to somebody else uh, for did, the did final year of that contract. Did he get his the bird right? I'm, how does that work? I don't I, I'm, no. I, yeah. He's traded, no. Okay, so well, he you can retain bird rights if if, if cousins didn't. I know cousins it was, it was reported okay. that cousins did not. All right, uh, and on top of that, he definitely the the player the max the you know super exemption or the super mega deal was out the window for him too. So lost out on a lot of money there. I'm going to go with cousins, just assuming that these two guys will be on the same team for the exact reason that you said. I think you can you can look at their stats really closely if you want to. Obviously, Davis is going to win out in blocks, and maybe that puts him over the edge. But if we're looking at overall production, especially in rotisserie leagues, I feel a lot more confident with DeMarcus Cousins. Before, All right. Before the trade, Davis was the, yeah. you know, he was a top five fantasy player this season. Uh, Cousins was top 10. They're very close. After the trade, they're both actually in between like 25 and 30. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're both still top 30 guys, but they have seen a dip. Obviously, it's a small sample size. Um, but it, it's going to be more about your what categories you value more. Yeah. If it's three-pointers, then you would pick Cousins. If it's, if it's defensive stats and efficiency, um, because Davis is a more efficient player, but he shoots a higher percentage because he's not taking as many threes. Um, Davis would be the guy. I'm pro- I'm going to side with Davis because, again, he, he has top overall value upside. Um, Cousins, I don't think, is there. He puts up some monster lines, but I don't think he would ever be 
you know, a top two or three fantasy option, whereas Davis has already proven that he is. Um, so I'm going to take the risk, hope that Davis stays healthy and pick him. I also think there, there could be change with Cousins, right? This, this experiment might not work out. He might get moved to a different team, which could be worse or better for his situation. No, I, I think, I think if, if you have them in keeper leagues, you are rooting for them to get rid of DeMarcus Cousins, whether you're a Cousins owner or a Davis number. Purely from Probably, fantasy, yeah. we don't want them to be on the same team. And if they're yeah. on different teams, which one are you picking? probably Davis because of field goal percentage and because of blocks. And I mean, that's two categories. I mean, that's well, two I'll say this, categories. If, a clear edge. if you're in a scenario and somebody else takes boogie and you want up taking Davis to me, the, the play with Davis is if you do take him at a spot, you hope he's healthy first 10, 15 games, and then you deal him for the max deal you can get before the injuries for that particular year kick in. That hasn't been the case this season though. You've been saying that all this year, Ken, he hasn't got hurt yet. He's missed a few games, but he's he- hurt right now. <laughs> is he hurt? Is he hurt? Or is he just, is he a game time decision? He, he hasn't I, I, had, no, he hasn't no, missed no. a string no. of games like he what's, has in past. Well, you know what, you know, what's not really showing up here is that he's left a lot of games, maybe five to six games midway through the games, And that doesn't show up because he technically played in those games. But I don't, I mean, he's burned me three times this year, just when I've played him in DFS. And then there's obviously more games on top of that. If they're competitive next year, he won't. The, I feel like most of they're those They're competitive injuries, this year. They should be going for the eighth seed. Yes. Now they are. Now that they have cousins, they're competitive and should go for the eighth seed. But I feel like most of the times this, this team has been very cautious with them, understandably, because they've been a horrible team. If they're, if they're a top five team in the West next year and he has a little bump or a little bruise, it's, I feel like it's going to be more likely he'll play through it than in past years. All right. What can you say, Ken? Let's move on to Friday FanDuel DFS picks. I, I, think, I think the nod, though, went Cousins, 2-1. to one. All right, yes, Friday DFS picks. Shannon, what do you got for us, or should we start with DJ? Let's start with me. Uh, I got Avery Bradley going up against Denver tonight. Uh, Ken, you mentioned the altitude. I'm not too terribly worried about that. Uh, Things get really hard and confusing when you when you factor in the altitude, although that's something to always consider. Uh, he played 30 minutes Wednesday against Golden State. We know that he's been slowly working his way back to health. Last time out against Denver, he put up 14 points, 11 rebounds, 6 assists. Considering that his price has dropped down to $5,500 and he's playing 30 minutes again, uh, we're talking about a very valuable pick, and this might be the lowest price we see him all season. His price could be on the rise moving forward, Shannon. Uh- well, this is Ken. Ken. I'll say yeah. I, I agree that uh, I actually I know I love that pick. I, I think that was someone else with the altitude. Maybe it was Anderson. But uh, Denver's point guard, de- I mean, guard defense has been terrible all season. I think they are second or third worst in second point guards. Worst and in the league yeah. so far. Yep. Yeah. So, no, I love that pick. And you're right. Bradley's uh, salary is really low because of the was a 19 missed games with the Achilles. But he's back, played 30 in that win against the Warriors. And gets rebounds. Got six rebounds again in that uh, in that Warriors win. So, no, I like that pick a lot, DJ. Do you want to go to your center pick and let Shannon gather his thoughts so he can do a run of his players? No, I'm ready. Let's do this right now. I've got a guy who is similar boat as Avery Bradley. He's coming back from a long-term injury. Jeremy Lin, $5,400. Oh. Um, he's Ooh. playing... You know he's starting. He's starting to trend back. That's he's true. playing against Dallas. Dallas is not a great matchup against uh, for opposing point guards. But I like the fact that Lynn's starting to see more playing time. Twenty two, twenty four, twenty five minutes. So that's building up. He had thirty fantasy points. Sixteen scored sixteen with three rebounds, eight assists in this most recent game. I see him continuing to trend up. 
He's going to be a six and a half, seven thousand dollar player in the next couple weeks. This is Yogi, is, play, is Yogi playing? Is Yogi playing good defense for Dallas? I don't know if Yogi is just season long. I know that Dallas yeah. has been Seth, Seth Curry has been playing very good defense yeah. and season long. So I was very interested in this because over the course of the season, they are the best at defending point guards this season. And then I said, well, you know what? I better look at the last five games, and they're still in the top like five. So uh, Yogi and the combination of Seth Curry and Wes Matthews have been shutting down point guards collectively, I would say. Not just Yogi. I'm not scared. <laughs> Jeremy Lin. I, I like it. I, I, I like the it. The upside's there because, yeah, someone has to do the scoring. Um, I, where do you, so you like Lynn at 5,400 over, say, a Corey Joseph at 5,000? Yes, Corey Joseph has been mostly garbage since he took over for Kyle Lowry. However, if we're going to talk about defenses allowing points to point guards, um, you have to talk. You have to talk about the matchup that he has tonight going up against Atlanta. Atlanta's been very bad against opposing point guards. So, while he has been "quote unquote" garbage, uh, he can't have a better matchup than he does tonight. That's true. Atlanta's a really good matchup, and and our boy Dennis Schroeder, who we were talking about, is horrible. At defense, so uh, it's got. He's arguing with Howard too often. Yeah, he's arguing with Howard too often. Exactly. (laughs) So uh, Joseph's a solid pick too. I'm just not high on the guy. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, DJ, let's scoot all the way to the center position because I really like same game, and I like your pick here for the key injury news that's also important. Mason Plumley going up against, or he plays in Denver, going up against Boston. Boston is coming into town tonight. Fifty six hundred dollars. Nikola Jokic with that illness did not practice Thursday. Uh, not a doctor, but I'm assuming you know that does not bode well for him playing uh, tonight. He already has missed two games. In those two games that he sat out, Plumley was able to accrue thirty six and a half and twenty nine point nine fantasy points. You know, not amazing, but when we're talking about a price point of fifty six hundred dollars. If Jokic is out tonight, could be a reliable, solid play. Somebody who's going to play, you know, at least 30 minutes per game at $5,600. We're definitely looking at those type of players to fill out your lineup. Yeah, Plumlee was one of the first guys I plugged into my lineup. I don't have him in there right now. Uh, I'm kind of debating between him and Al Horford. It depends on the on the Jokic news. Um, but I like Plumlee a lot. He's a good play. Well, let's talk about Al, Al Horford before we get out of here. He's at six thousand yeah. dollars. If you look at other sites, he's about as low as he's he's been all season long. Nagging elbow issues. And those are the guys I really like to target because we know they're going to come back at some point, right? And so he's really dipped down pretty low, and we're just going to hope we can, you know, uh, Avery Bradley again. If you have Avery Bradley and Al Horford in your lineup, and you're only paying ten thousand dollars for two guys that can reach up there and get you more than thirty-five, maybe even up to forty Fanduel points. Uh, that's some good value to be had. The only problem is, you know, you really need to keep going after Horford, going after a, a Horford, and then at some point you'll be right, but you might have to wait a couple nights before he actually comes back to where he's been all season. Well, Horford, Horford's price is, is deflated right now because he had a really bad stretch in late February. Mm-hmm. He kind of turned the corner once the calendar flipped to March, though, and he's only played three or five games in March, but in those three games he's averaging 30 fantasy points per game, 30 fantasy points at $6,000, I'll take it. Um, usually you're going to spend upwards of 7000 for that type of production. I, I see him getting, reaching that plateau again tonight. But him, Plumley, it's kind of a toss-up. Depends on which one. If you need the extra $400 savings and Jokic is out, then I do side with Plumley. I was debating Plumley, Horford at center, and then Wiggins, Chandler 
at small forward. Because Denver's got all those injuries, so Chandler's getting some serious minutes. Wiggins is so frustrating, though, in playing Golden State, you just assume that'll be a high-scoring affair, big over-under. What do you prefer, Wiggins and Plumley or Chandler and Horford? Chandler and Horford is how my lineup is is laid out right now, so I'm going that route. Um, it's tough. Chandler's been really good. Uh, Kenneth Fareed's still out. Um, I think Gallinari's questionable. Yep. Um, yeah. So I, I love Chandler tonight. Another small forward I really like is Paul George going against Milwaukee. Milwaukee's got one of the worst defenses against opposing small forwards. Um, so I look for George to have a big night. And he's, he's one of those guys who can hit 50 fantasy points and cost under 8000 Hasn't done that much this season, but certainly the type of caliber of player. I think he might have honestly done He did it done this week. Like, yeah, that might have been the first time all season, though, funny enough. He has two 40-point outings this week. All right, yeah, he's he's coming back around. Uh, that's going to do it here for us on the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast. K-Train, why don't you get us out of here? All right. Well, first of all, though, how many mis- mispronounced names do we have today? Schroeder, Schroeder, we did that one. Yeah, that one's tough for everybody. Did, yeah, even AJ Wojnarowski doesn't get that one right. Um, <laughs> you didn't. I'm going to throw in Gabrielle Union because you just said Wade's Wade's wife. Famous and I wife. Think that counts as a mispronounced <laughs> yeah, yeah. name because right. you didn't so even we'll, know it. <laughs> we'll add that up to one. All right, Schroeder. We'll add up Schroeder <laughs> and Gabrielle Union to one completely misnamed. All right. Well, hey, gentlemen, in honor of Wednesday's International Women's Day as well as Dirk Nowitzki joining this legend's 30,000-point club, let's turn to Wilt Chamberlain for our outbound <laughs> quote here, who said, With all of you men out there who think that having a thousand different ladies is pretty cool, I have learned in my life that having one woman a thousand different ways is more satisfying. Attention passengers! This three-car fantasy train has hit the end of the line! Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.